Today, we're going to go over some questions that unbelievers sometimes have about religion in general and maybe Christianity specifically. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you thrive as a disciple of Jesus. The choices you make every day define you as a person and help you make spiritual progress or make it a little more difficult. Thanks for making the choice to include me on your spiritual journey. Well, if you are a follower of Jesus and call yourself a Christian, you've probably at least occasionally are asked a question or two about your faith. Sometimes that's by well-intentioned friends who just want to know more about what you believe. Other times by people who just want to tear you down. Well, today I thought I would go over a few questions that I've heard of that you might have already been asked or you might want to think about for the future. And some of these, as I was kind of researching some questions maybe that I haven't been asked because I've been in a different situation, particularly for the last 20 years in Japan, the questions people ask there maybe are not the same as the questions they would ask here. So I kind of looked up and seen what are some questions that people are often asked here. So some of these, uh, I can't say that I have been asked before, but they're worth looking at. So I haven't done any preparation to ask these, so these will be off-the-cuff answers. We may come back to some of these later if it's if I think it's worth it, but some of these were kind of strange, I, I thought. But then I think a lot of questions are strange. If they're not the questions that you came up with, <laughs> often they would seem strange to you, right? So it's one reason why it's worth looking at this. You might not have had these questions, but somebody has. So it's worth thinking about the answer and say, do you have an answer for these? So the first question is just a big one. If you're in a group of people and they're from all over the world, people might ask, well, what religion do you believe in? So how do you answer that? Uh, and a lot of times, depending on your context, you may just want to say, you know, I'm a, a Christian. A lot of times um, in Japan or in places where maybe Christianity is not really well known, then I might try to include well, what I'm what I really believe is that the Bible is true. You know, there's a creator God. And I would really, rather than say, this is the religion, here's the name of it, here's what I believe. You know, I believe there's a creator God. I believe that he reveals himself in the Bible. Uh, and I believe we have information there about how do we live, how do we be the, a, a person who is uh, living a life of meaning and purpose. And I believe it speaks to our eternity, what happens after we die. I believe God has a plan for that and God has a path that we are to follow. And you can have a simple answer something like that. But often, I try to include something like that, particularly in a culture where maybe Christianity is not an answer that makes much sense. And I kind of wonder, you know, I've recently come back to the States, at least temporarily, and as I think about this kind of question in the States, I'm not sure that just uh, to say, well, I'm a Christian is a sufficient answer anymore. And for me, at least... I'm not really sure how is the best way to answer that. Maybe it varies a little bit depending on your local context where you are in the United States. But there's so many different people who would say that, well, I'm a Christian, that it has lost some of its meaning. Where in Japan, it's because nobody knows what any kind of Christian is. Here, it's where there's so many people that would claim to be a Christian that it doesn't make any sense. So how do you answer that? I, I would be genuinely curious to know uh, if you live in the States— how do you answer the question if someone asks, what religion are you? And you know there are people maybe in your group or in your area who are not trusting in Christ for salvation, but they would claim to be Christians. Well, how do you 
how do you answer that? What's your recommendation? I would, I would genuinely be curious to hear. Uh, the second one is, do you believe in God or another deity? So I have often asked this myself in, in Japan, and I'll ask, do you believe in a spiritual being of any kind? Just curious as to where you are in this view of, of God. So again, here I would want to emphasize, I, I believe in the creator God. I believe there is a creator God who created everything. So if you say, I believe in God, well, that could mean anything to anybody. I believe in the biblical creator God uh, would be my answer. Again, depending on the group you're with, you may have to go into great detail, or uh, you may be in a group where just to acknowledge that you you believe in some kind of spiritual being is sufficient for the first conversation that you have. The next question I thought was interesting the way they worded it said, when did you choose your faith? <laughs> it's like, hmm, well, <laughs> you know, I kind of believe God chose me. Uh, but when did I come to know uh, the God of the Bible? Well, that's a different question, right? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't choose my faith. What I did was uh, choose to respond to God's call on my life. So, I grew up in a home where I, I heard the gospel. I'm not sure how old I was the first time I heard it. Very small. So, I accepted Christ as an elementary school child, but I didn't grow a whole lot. But I did uh, I did understand the basics of the gospel at that time. And it wasn't until later that I began to really understand more fully what Jesus had done and his claims on my life. But uh, I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't word it that I chose my faith at that time. I wasn't choosing my faith. I was responding to Jesus. Uh, what would you say about that? What is your idea of what God looks like? Um, so this is one of those questions that, as I think about it, uh, doesn't make sense to me because I don't know that I've ever just sat around and visualized what God looks like. You know, God is spirit. That means he doesn't have a looks like. He is a... Uh, uh, he doesn't have a body. So it's interesting even to look at the Bible and see where, uh, you know, he hid Moses in the cleft and passed by and said it allowed God, allowed Moses to see uh, his backside. So what, what does that even mean? I mean, God's not a, uh, a physical being. He's a, a spirit being. So um, to me, this is not a helpful question based on my understanding of God. So I don't believe... Uh, at least God the Father has that kind of visual image. Now, the the cool thing about what God's Word tells us is that Jesus is the Son of God, so He actually had a physical uh, body. And you can imagine what that might look like if you look at uh, a Middle Eastern person, if you look at a Jewish person today, you can probably vaguely imagine what His form looked like when he was uh, on this earth. Now, how much that changed and, and is different in his spiritual body, the Bible says we'll know as we're known in heaven. So, you know, I think we'll still recognize him as Jesus. People who saw him as he walked on the earth would still recognize him as Jesus. Um, but what does that look like? I, it's kind of an interesting question that I just personally is not one that's been <laughs> one I've wrestled with or considered very much. The next two questions are related, the two sides of the same coin. Is there heaven? Is there hell? Well, the Bible says that there is, so I go with yes. Then the next two questions uh, are based on the answer to those two. If you say yes, then what does heaven look like and what does hell look like? Well, there's a lot of 
uh, passages revealing both of those. And without going into detail of what exactly those scriptures say right now, uh, I believe in both cases, a lot of it is beyond our real comprehension. So the Bible talks about, um, you know, streets of gold, and it talks about all these valuable um, stones and, and all these things that make up heaven, that make up the this physical place. But I always wonder, and I kind of suspect, that a lot of the description is based on our limited understanding and inability to really to, to fathom what God is capable of, what God is doing. And hell would be the same way. We're told it's a, it's a place of fire where the, the fire's not quenched and where it's, it's darkness. Well, those two things don't go together in our mind, right? If there's a fire, there, there shouldn't be darkness. <laughs> so, again, I would say in both cases, the description we have in the Bible is, is kind of limited because we really probably can't understand uh, what it genuinely looks like. And to me, however it looks, hell's not a place I want to go. And again, however it looks, uh, in the presence of God is a place I want to be. So uh, there's not questions I've worried about a whole lot. I mean, it's interesting to read those passages and kind of imagine, I suppose, what that might be like. But to me, that's, those are not super important questions to me personally. Next question, and this is one that maybe is a little more relevant to a lot of people who are Christians and who, as you're talking to your unbelieving friends, say, why should someone start believing in God? Well, there are a lot of ways to answer that question. Um, one of the things I think is really important, my understanding of God as the creator and as God who is actively working in history for a purpose. You know, he's working in this great work of reconciliation to, to build his church, to draw people to himself. Uh, he's working for our salvation. So why is it important that someone start believing in God? Well, God has a purpose for your life. And a lot of times someone that's asking a question like that, maybe they're not ready for the details of what the spiritual life walking with God looks like. But that big picture to know that God created you, and God has a purpose for you. Uh, I, to me, that's important. I mean, if God is real and He has a purpose, I, I would want to know that, right? I, I would think uh, anyone would want to know that. And I think we have ample evidence that God is real, and uh, God has a plan. God has a purpose for us, and I, I want to know how God wants me to live and be in this world. So, I think that's one reason someone should start believing in God, that it gives their life in here now meaning and purpose. Now, you can go a lot further. You want to get into what the Bible says about our eternity. Well, we're just talking about heaven and hell. Okay, this is a, definitely directly relates to whether or not you believe in God. I mean, if you believe in God, then you believe you believe in his you should believe in his son and you should believe what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I would want to know that. That definitely has tremendous impact on your future. So, the next question, uh, what should a believer do before they die? That's an interesting one because typically, when I have uh, heard a variation of this question, it's what would an unbeliever, what should an unbeliever do? Well, an unbeliever should trust in Christ. But what should a believer do before they die? That's a good question. Um, I, I'm not sure that there's a, a certain thing you should be I would say daily pursuing Christ likeness. You want to be growing, 
But is there something that you need to do before you die? Well, you want to be obedient to all the things that you know. As soon as you know them, you shouldn't be thinking, well, just sometime before I die, I want to do this. So to me, again, that's one of those questions that doesn't really make sense in my understanding of the spiritual life. If I know there's something I'm supposed to do, I want to do it immediately. Uh, if, yeah, I don't know that there's any one thing that I would say you're you're supposed to do before you die. Maybe I'm missing something there. If I am, let me know. Number 11, does your past play a role when joining a religion? Again, these are questions that are from just general population, thinking about religion in general. So does your past play a role? I would say for sure it does. Uh, as a as a Christian, your past plays a role because in my past is ample evidence that I am a sinner and that uh, what God says about people, about mankind, is true, certainly in my life. When I read in the Bible that men are basically selfish and prideful, I can look at my life and go, well, that is obviously the case. So my past definitely has pointed out that what God says about me is true. And that means that I have to come to Him the way that He says. So, definitely your past plays a role. The next one says, and this is one where a lot of people today and even recently I've heard and had this discussion a little bit, does someone need to attend church to be spiritual? Well, <laughs> I suppose you have to define what spiritual means there, right? Um Let's back up a step and said, does someone need to attend church to be saved? Well, not necessarily. I don't think the thief on the cross uh, was saved, but Jesus told him, I don't think that he went to church, but Jesus said that he would be with him in paradise. So he obviously went to be with God he, without attending church. So that's not a requirement that you do that to be a Christian. However, to be obedient to what God says, I think it is required. You know, the Bible tells us that we should not forsake the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is. But all the more as we see the day approaching. So, there is this expectation. You look at Acts, the uh, particularly the early part of Acts, is just this beautiful picture of people who have understood what Jesus has done in their life, that He has drawn them to Himself, that He has, has saved them and has united them in this special body, and they're just overjoyed to fellowship together. I think we should understand that's part of our life as a follower of Christ. So, to be an obedient follower of Christ, then I think you have to go be part of the church body. Uh, to be a, a disciple of Jesus, absolutely, I think you have to be part of the body. Um, but the idea of what it means to be spiritual, I mean, that's, again, one of those, to me, one of those nebulous things. What does it mean to be spiritual? I don't know. I, I follow Jesus. Does that make me spiritual? I, in many people's eyes, yes. <laughs> and, and it is definitely, I, we're our spiritual beings. I think you, you really can't not be spiritual. You can be not aware of your spiritual life. You can be um, kind of insensitive to the, the spiritual life, but you are a spiritual being. So, um, you don't have to go to church to be spiritual, but you do have to be part of the body of Christ to be an obedient follower of Jesus. How about that? What's the difference between being spiritual and being religious? Uh, religious, I think, in my mind at least, is much more about the formality. Uh, we see the, the formal things that people go through. That's really what we attach to religion. Um, spiritual is an awareness of the spiritual life. 
in both cases, I think we can we can be spiritual and religious and not be following Jesus. You know, there's all kind of people who are uh, claim to be spiritual and are obviously religious. They do lots of formal things that are intended to be part of their relationship with God as they define Him, but completely misses the boat. I think we approach God as He defines the approach. We take the path that He has set before us, um, which means we can be spiritual and religious. Uh, you can also be less formal. You're still going to. You're always going to be spiritual. I just think we are a spiritual being. Sometimes we don't understand that, so we we think that's something different. But you're spiritual, whether you like it or not. How about that? <laughs> Do you have to change your life before you started following a religion? That's a poorly wordy question. Do you have to change your life before you start? following a religion. Well, I don't know about a religion, but before following Jesus, no, he changes your life. You meet him where you are, he meets you where you are. Uh, So you don't change your life and then start following. He changes you. Um, And I think that's key. You know, so many people do feel like, well, when I I clean up my life a little bit, uh, then I'll I'll start going to church, or or then I'll start... um, you know, thinking about the spiritual life a little more, but I've got things I need to take care of first. Well, no, I think Jesus does that for us. He wants you to approach Him humbly, to recognize that we need Him, that we can't do it ourselves. We do not have to be perfect. We do not have to be um, be good to come to, to God. Jesus makes us right. Uh, that is His work. It's something we just cannot do. Next one is one of those odd questions. How often does someone need to say amen? (laughs) I don't know that you ever just have to say that. Um, It means something, (laughs) but it's not a requirement for anything. Uh, We we do say it at the end of our prayers, usually. I think often we just indicate, we just mean that uh, we're done. (laughs) So, yeah, I I wouldn't say that you, you just have to say amen Ever. If you're with a group of Christians, they're going to understand that you're done with your prayer if you say amen. Should someone start attending church if he or she doesn't believe in God? My answer is absolutely. (laughs) Always. You should uh, find a group of believers, whether or not you believe in God. uh, Hopefully, you will find a good group of Christ followers who will introduce you to God and help you understand why believing in Him is absolutely the best thing for you. So, interesting question. Can someone believe in God but not attend church? I think we looked at this before. Yes, you can believe in God and not attend church, but you probably can't be a, a true disciple of Jesus and not attend church. I believe you could you can even be a Christian and not attend church, but again, I, I don't think you can be a, a disciple of Jesus and not attend church. And while we're here, this is not one of the questions, but I don't really like the the way that these questions are worded when it talks about attend church. And I, I really don't like that we tend to... I, I, it's wrong to think of this building that we go to as the church. It is a building that the church owns. But the church is this gathering of believers, and they can gather and meet anywhere, and they are the church. They can meet in this building, and they can put... I, I really almost be better and, and definitely be more correct if the sign up front didn't say uh, First Baptist Church, but it, said, it would say um, the meeting place of First Baptist Church or owned by First Baptist Church or something like that. Uh, it's not actually the church. It's just a building that the church chooses to use for whatever time that it chooses to use it. 
you don't go to church. <laughs> you are the church and you gather with the church. Should someone read a Bible before he or she starts believing in a religion? Well, I think you should start reading the Bible right now. <laughs> if, if you're not reading, absolutely immediately <laughs> or, or sooner. Uh, given the fact that when you look at all the different religions, if you've read different books that different people uh, promote as being religious or guides toward God, uh, I believe the Bible is consistent. I believe the, the Bible is the only one that claims to be God revealing himself to us. Uh, one of the things that has made a huge impact in my life, particularly when I was in in college, and, and thinking more deeply about God's claim on my life was the the fulfilled prophecies in the Bible. It just cannot be equaled in any other uh, any other book that any religion would claim. So the Bible is a special book, both because it claims to be from God and there's ample evidence to back up that the Bible is God's Word. What's the best part of going to church? Well, now that one's a hard one. <laughs> uh, it depends, I suppose, on, on who you are a little bit. Um, sometimes, depending on maybe my frame of mind, you know, I, I love the, the singing and that, that time of lifting our voices and just just praising God. You know, I, sometimes that's, that was the best. That was what I needed today. But then other times you go and you, you hear a, a message or, or a, a, uh, a person teach a Sunday school class or something like that. And you just, your, your mind is really challenged. And that was what you needed. Um, sometimes that, that's just, that's what you needed for where you are today and this week. That's what you needed to go forward. Uh, other times, it's neither one of those things, and it's actually not something that was part of the the service, but there was a conversation uh, after church, a- after the service is done, after everyone's starting to go home, and you're standing around talking to somebody, and in that conversation, you're challenged in a way that just, wow, that was, that was a good conversation. I was really encouraged. I walked away after that fellowship just rejoicing that I'm part of this body of believers, and that conversation, that interaction with the body was the best part of being there that day. So it's not even, I don't think person to person, but it's it's day to day. The the thing that you need often uh, God is uh, meets you there, gives you what you need. And, and sometimes the best part of being part of that body of believers is going and having the opportunity to serve somebody else. I know sometimes I've shown up where I was kind of maybe tired and a little bit distracted, but you get there and you have an opportunity to have a conversation and encourage someone else. And then I walked away energized, like, well, I'm so glad that I was here today and had opportunity to share something that God had taught me that was helpful to this person. So there are many, many best parts of being part of uh, a church family. What benefits can someone get from going to church? Well, I think all the things I just mentioned are some of those. You can, you can learn new things about the Bible. Uh, you can hear good messages that, that help you to understand God's plan in, e- in history, in eternity. Uh, you can learn things that are going to help you to be obedient this week, to live a, a more Christ-like uh, life, to grow in your character. Uh, you have the opportunity to build relationships with other people who are pursuing Christ. You recognize you're not alone. I think that's a big benefit for being part of a, a local church family. You're not in this alone. You're part of a church family. You have people praying for you. You have people encouraging you. Uh, that can be huge. Uh, just There are just so many things like that that you, you really can benefit from being part of that church family.
Okay, another question says, is it better for someone to follow religion on his own or to involve the family too? Always be part of the family. Uh, it's, it's so much better to be pursuing Christ together. If you have a husband and wife who are bringing their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, they're following Christ together. You, you have a, a common bond that's deeper than blood. You're not just a family, but you're, you're also a spiritual family. You, you recognize you have uh, a role in God's family as a family. And this family has an opportunity to serve together. Uh, it unites you in, in just a special way. So I think being part of uh, God's family of a church as a family uh, is, is a tremendous blessing. I know we have thoroughly enjoyed seeing our children grow up and take steps of faith on their own and see how, you know, God has given each one of us spiritual gifts for the building up of the church and see how our children are using their gifts to build up the church and how they even occur, encourage us at times. So when one of us is struggling, partly because we have a, a family who's pursuing Christ together, we can encourage each other. And that's, that is a special thing where if you're by yourself and your family is not with you, uh, it's a little extra difficulty. You don't have that extra support throughout the week, maybe, that, that you would have otherwise. So definitely, if at all possible, involve your whole family in pursuing Christ. So one of the questions, and this is one I've heard particularly a lot in college, should someone attend a religious service from multiple faiths before picking a religion? I disagree completely with the way that this is set up. It's, it's like you're picking your favorite candy or something, picking a religion. I, that's not really the way it works. I believe there's truth. So if you're pursuing truth, certainly it can be valuable to look at what different groups have to say. Does this match up with reality? Is this true? But I want to know what's true, not what's uh, most fun, what's most enjoyable, what's coolest, uh, maybe which one has the most interesting service, but is truth there? So truth is often overlooked when people are looking, even within Christian circles, people are looking for a good church to go be part of. They are, are often looking at the wrong things. They look at the programs they have, and they look at uh, how good the preacher is, and they look at their youth activities. But really, we need to look at uh, the church and how consistently it is teaching and following truth, and how good people are at, at pursuing truth together. I think that is... That's just important. Truth, truth's a real thing, dude. <laughs> so, um, last question. If there's one God, why are there more than 4,000 religions? Well, because God has an enemy. Satan definitely wants to blind people's mind to his existence, to his reality, and keep people separated. This is a spiritual battle that's been going on for a long time. Satan is definitely trying to keep you away from God. Uh, and that's true even after you begin to pursue Christ, after you've trusted in Christ, there's still a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, a real thing. So hopefully this has been somewhat interesting for you today. I'm getting ready for a big trip, so I thought this was a way to maybe do something that would be interesting, a little different, and help me get uh, another show out while I'm gone. If you have questions, if you have comments, uh, have any way that I can help you to grow, my, my goal is to see you thrive as a follower of Jesus. I really uh, pray that you do well this week. Whatever you do, keep running. <laughs>